everyone and welcome to another episode of Wrestling and More's Ring Rope Roundup. However, we have a little bit of a twist today. I am joined today by Harry Cattle. How are you doing, man? I'm doing very well, my friend. Ready to talk some wrestling, Raw, Smackdown, all the sorts. Fantastic. So, should we start with Raw? Let's go right ahead. Right. So, what do you think of the show overall? I thought it was good. I thought in terms of a show for a go-home show for a B pay-per-view in this time of year, it was okay. Like I'm, you look you look at the card and it's not. I think a lot of people know that it's a one-match card in a lot of ways. Yeah. You've got the obviously the three-on-five handicap. I thought the show was good. I thought I, I thought that. Did you see Cat Angle kind of talking over the Shield introduction? Yeah. Like I thought that that was something that stuck out as a bit eh, not great. But I think on on the opposite end of the scale, you've got the Kane comeback which i quite liked what did you think about kane comeback i mean when i was little kane was my favorite wrestler so i pop every time i see kane it doesn't matter if it's you know 2001 kane or fat kane nowadays or you know corporate kane i, I popped huge for kane um what do you think about it being five on three though um i like the idea that they're kind of they're building the idea that you, that you need more people to beat up the shield and i feel like it's something they should probably I wish there was another week before TLC. So, A, we could kind of get Kane's explanations about it. And, B, I wanted to build up the idea that the Shield of, you know, in the past, they've, they've run through pretty much everybody and a couple of these guys included. So, yeah, they're going to want to team up against them as like kind of a reverse psychology type thing. They want to be the ones who are outnumbered. They want the Shield to be outnumbered for once. I, I think, I think it, it adds a touch more unpredictability to it. But I also fear that people like Braun can you really take another loss? Uh, I mean, they've really, really tried to build him back up after after the mauling by Brock, but, I mean, he's not, let's face it, he's not going to take the pin on Sunday, is he? I mean, that's pretty much nailed on going to be Cesaro. I would have thought so. Yeah. Um, as for Kane, I mean, I totally agree. It didn't feel like a go-home show to me. Um, I mean, I know it's for a B show, and TLC has fallen at that horrible time when no one really cares. Um, but I mean, I've seen I've seen loads of things online that say Kane has returned to avenge the Undertaker, and people <laughs> are saying. But then someone was saying that the Undertaker was then going to return on the Shield side. Well, that that makes no sense. Yeah, no sense at all. And if the Undertaker's going to return, he's not going to return at TLC of all well shows. Yeah, well, he did return at Battleground a couple of years back. So you know, oh, that is true. That is just, true. <laughs> no, I, I, I completely agree. I think that I, it's again, it's something that you want to hear explained. Like I know we can kind of imply from context, but there are so many little tidbits I think that could be added into this to make it interesting. Like Kane could be coming back to avenge him, but you know you want to hear it said out loud you want the commentators to drive things like i think it's underestimated these days just how important people like michael cole and Corey graves can be because casual fans might not pick up on subtle little storyline traits and i feel like maybe if it wasn't vince in their ear maybe if they had free reign they could kind of say oh well you know he retired his brother at wrestlemania so he's going to want to avenge him but yeah i don't know i, I wonder how I'm, I'm wondering how much longer kane's got I mean, looking at him, he's not in the best shape. I mean, he hasn't been in the best shape for a good couple of years now. And I don't think anyone would have blamed him if he'd have retired, you know, what, 2015? I don't think he's really been relevant since the authority storyline, really. Um, no. Whether he's just returned for some pop culture so that, you know, he gets just those few more votes for his 
for his mayor campaign. I don't know, but odd uh, time, isn't it? Yeah, uh, quite very time. strange. I think it's the th- I think there's three weeks left in the elections. I read it's, it seems very very strange. I don't know whether he's you know whether he's close or whether he's going to get it, but it does the timing is very odd. I also and- feel a bit sorry for Curtis Axel in all of this. I mean, throughout the last couple of weeks, it's been the Miz, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel. And as soon as they are main event in the pay per view, neither Bo Dallas or Curtis Axel are listed on the card, or in or in the match. I think Bo Bo's not well, or I think uh, because have you heard about the whole meningitis thing? I have. It could it could jeopardize jeopardize not only the show but also my predictions. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is very very important. Oh yeah. Um, no. Yeah, I see what I see what you mean, and it, it is a bit of an odd situation to have kind of the bar like come in but I feel like maybe the reason they did that A was obviously because of the whole bow situation and B I feel like they maybe wanted to add more legitimacy to the idea that hey maybe they could lose maybe this year will lose their debut match I mean they're not going to no. surely but maybe you know? I mean that's of of the matches at TLC surely that's lock number two behind Asuka Emma uh, I mean there is absolutely no way that Asker is losing that match, unless the WWE wants a mass Twitter like stampede. Um, well, done it before. That is true. That is true. Hashtag cancel the WWE network. Um, <laughs> so if we move on to you know the rest of the show, because obviously a lot of the show was centered around the Shields. Um, the tag titles were defended in what I thought was an absolutely cracking match. To be perfectly honest, similar to the Usos and New Day, I think the Bar and Dean Ambrose and Seth have got really good chemistry. So I don't mind seeing them fight. They can fight for as many shows as they want because they have got really good chemistry. And this, to be fair, I think, was probably match of the night. Um, you know, Roman and Braun was really good. It got loads and loads of good spots. And obviously the Kane return, but I thought this was match of the night for me. Yeah, I think something that I always pick up on, I, it might just be me being nitpicky, with with stuff like this, with the tag title match and with Roman against Braun, I've got this kind of, well, it's not really a theory, it's, it's right in front of us so we can see it, but the, the WWE tend to like doing this thing where they'll use so much good wrestling on a card or they'll put so much good wrestling on a show like free TV because they know how many good wrestlers they've got in the company now. Nice. It, it, it will mask over any like any any sign of lazy booking. So people will just see that they're, this, this great match is taking place and they'll think, Oh well, you know, maybe, maybe things aren't going too badly. You know, I, I feel like it allows them to rest on their laurels. And why, like, like you said, it is great to watch. Yeah, it, it's just I want to see something different in terms of storyline advancement. But I guess they're just going to ride off of the shield thing for as, as long as it, ha- it you know goes on. They are going to have to be careful because if you look at you know the tag team scene is it's strange because on SmackDown I feel it is doing far better than it is on Raw because God only knows what's happening with the club. I mean, you have bought two of the strongest men in New Japan and have just effectively made them jobbers. I mean, Carl Anderson takes the pin in every match he's in. Yeah, and, I, I don't, um, yeah, I don't care about them anymore. Like, I just don't care about watching no. them. And that's that's really sad because when they came over with AJ and Shinsuke, everyone was absolutely losing their minds for them. As they should, they are quality, quality tag team wrestlers. But, you know, they threw them in that six-man tag match in, on Raw and it was just like, well, this is pointless absolutely pointless um, but you know the Hardys are obviously not going to be a tag team for a while with Jeff suffering that injury I don't know how long it is before the revival come back it's you know Heath Slater and Rhino have disappeared off the face of the earth I mean the tag scene on Raw is paper thin 
Yeah, I think that they were dealt a big blow, obviously, like you said, with a couple injuries. But they they don't half not help themselves. Like I think that a, a big problem with both Raw and SmackDown is they can't seem to they can't seem to gel one whole show into into everything being good. Like one department has to always be fantastic, and there has to always be one department where the you know fans end up looking at and thinking this is lackluster, and for some reason. They're, 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 there's always that seesaw. You can't. They can't ever find the balance on one show where we just sit back and think everything here is going smoothly. One thing, if it's the women's or tag team, like and in this case the tag team has to be going wrong. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't understand why they do that. No, and I'm, we're going to get into that actually in SmackDown because I've had a very very similar thought with the women on SmackDown because well we'll talk about that when obviously we get into this. Um, but moving on from the tag division just for a moment, the women's division on Raw. Uh, I didn't agree with Bailey being inserted into the match, uh, the five way. Um, at No Mercy, I, I, you know, she's just returned from injury. She gets a cheap pop in her hometown. Why she was inserted into the match, I've got no idea at all. But yet again, we're now seeing Alicia Fox versus Sasha Banks. I mean, no disrespect to Alicia Fox, but Sasha could do so much more, and as a heel. The sooner they turn Sasha heel, the more storylines there are there. I mean, surely at WrestleMania we're going to have a Bailey sasha Banks match. We've got to, surely. Well, you know, you'd think so. But I think the problem is with WrestleMania women's matches, especially the last two years, I think they've got so many top-quality names that the, the only thing they can think to do is pile them into all like the same matches. Like well, in Orlando, we had the women's match for SmackDown was... I think there were five women in it, and Raw were four. So you had nine women in two title matches. And in in this instance, I agree with you in terms of the state of the division. It's it, it's odd because it's almost like we've got all these individuals, and they feel like they need to do the exact same thing for each feud. Like, and there's no real the animosity has either just come from something that happens in every kind of storyline arc from here to Timbuktu. Like, it, it, it's the same old thing. I am interested in Alexa Mickey just because I feel like there's something a little bit different happening. Like, obviously, Mickey's being called names and stuff, which isn't great, and it's a bit old school, but at least you've got the kind of veteran versus newcomer thing. Meanwhile, yeah. basically, I just... I thought her, like, brief stint on the sidelines would maybe give them a chance to bring her back as something different or interesting. I just don't care, and... I, I, maybe that's just me, or maybe it's just how the booking has made me feel. No, I completely agree. I mean, I've lost all manner of joy whenever Bailey comes onto the screen. I mean, she's playing second fiddle in, you know, a tag match with Emma in it, which <laughs> is, you know, it goes some way to showing how badly the main roster have botched Bailey. Um, but you know, something that annoys me about Emma. I mean, I think she's a great in-ring competitor. I've always liked Emma, but. The motivation for Emma just constantly, I started the women's revolution. Well, A, no, you didn't. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's just get that straight. She didn't. And the fact that that's all she says repeatedly, every promo with Emma is exactly the same. And whether it's her saying this or whether this is creative just being lazy, I mean, if she beats Asuka at TLC, you know, on the back of I started the women's revolution. There's, there's going to be an uproar. There's going to be absolute uproar. And then you put on top of this the fact that there's been no Nia Jax. And, you know, there's been all these rumours about she's walked out. 
you know, it's been clarified slightly in an interview with Alexa Bliss that she's just taking time off with the schedule being so grueling. But, you know, the women's division's in trouble, on Raw especially. Yeah, um, the problem with someone like Emma is that you look at it and you just... It seemed like... I know everyone hated the Emma Lena thing, but at least it wasn't just... I've got a big problem with the thing they seem to do with the women especially where they just have their first name. So it's just... Her name is Emma. That's it. It's just Emma. Her entrance is any given heel. She wears, like, sunglasses from, what, 2008? Yep. And she's weird shoulder pad things. And all, like you said, all she does is repeat the same line over and over again. She's Gloves just... don't quite cover the entire hand. I don't get that at all. Like, no. where would you get something like that? Do they just buy full-size ones and then cut half of them off? I just don't... Yeah. Yeah, she's just... I don't know. I just feel like they did... They just... They run out of ideas, and they feel like the fact that, again going back to my point before they feel like that because oh we've got women that can wrestle all of a sudden we don't need to think of excessive excessively complex storylines like honestly just get asker in have the you know five on five raw smackdown women's thing at survivor series have asker challenge bliss at either i don't know clash of champions or whatever they're doing in december and all the rumble give her the belt have a hold on to it for five years <laughs> just yeah, absolutely I, I don't. Absolutely. I don't see where else they can go with her, or with the division. No, I mean, I just, I feel that Alicia Fox is a very one-dimensional character. I mean, some people say she's underrated. I think she's rated exactly as you know she needs to be, in my honest opinion. Um, and the thing I'm worried with, and you look at the Alexa Bliss and Mickey James feud with. Yes, I completely agree. It's something new. But with the whole Mickey or old thing, Mickey or old thing, we are straying dangerously close to Divas territory. You know, the Piggy James thing. This poor woman has suffered through enough. You know, and now she's just being called old. And she's really not that old. Is she 30, 36? 35? Something like that. So, I, I heard somewhere that she's the same age as Finn Balor. I mean, that man looks 22, so... We'll clarify. Hang on, two seconds. Okay. She is... Drum roll. She is thir- oh, 38. So she's 38. 38. Okay. Still not. It's still. When you look at it, AJ Styles is 40. Like that's a good way of comparing it. Exactly. And AJ Styles can put on a five star match with a broomstick. So you know, <laughs> it's it's well, I think she deserves better. I mean, she's not going to win. I don't think at TLC. I think Alexa Bliss is going to retain. And we will go on to our well, my TLC predictions <laughs> for for the TLC pay per view. And I might see if I can get you to give me yours as well. Um, I think I'm going to have to do I usually wait until Sunday night, so I think I'd best get them out of here now so I can kind of listen back and not, not change my mind, which I so often do. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm, I'm already looking at a couple of my predictions thinking, oh, my life. Well, one of the matches might not even happen. So <laughs> There's money that. at stake now as well. Money at stake, financial gain. That is true. For those who don't know what we're talking about, we're part of the WWE Prediction League on Facebook. Check it out. It's really good fun. Um, I am awful at it. It's something that I genuinely thought I'd be really good at. And the first two pay-per-views, I was really good at it. And then Hell in a Cell just completely... I don't know what well, went wrong. Well, you are... As I look as I look here, you are three points off the playoffs. So you're not, not all hope is lost. Not all hope. I need this to be a good one. I need this to be good. But speaking of good, and this is good because it is so bad, my two favourite segments of Raw. One is Kalisto because he is a walking botchamania. He really is. Just, oh. I, I mean, I know people say he's good in the ring, and yes, he can do the flippy stuff, but you had that brilliant promo on the draft where he just went, you know, the, the lucha things, 
which God. is just oh, it's just one of my favourite wrestling promos ever. <laughs> Up there with the Scott Steiner 33.3% promo. Oh, that was amazing. And just this, you know, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to be your new Cruiserweight champion whilst he's wearing the belt. It's like, oh. come, come on, Kalisto. I mean, really, man? I mean, I don't understand the logic of taking the belt off Enzo now after all this fuss with Neville, who didn't want to do the job for Enzo. You know, there's been massive you know, ups in the viewership of 205 Lige, which is a dying product. Yeah. And you take it off him and put it on Kalisto, again, who hasn't been relevant since he was part of the Lucha Dragons. It's bizarre. Like, I, it, I, I, like, I haven't cared about the Cruiserweight division in a while. And the, the funny thing is, like, when I look back to, say, the last 12 months of wrestling, or no, not even 12, but like 18, one of the biggest pops I had was semi-finals of the Cruiserweight Classic, TJ Perkins against Kota Ibushi, and TJ Perkins gets the upset and, and wins and goes to the final. I look back on that, and I look now, and I look at them scrambling, and I look at them throwing people into you know these tag matches, and Drew Gulak siding with Enzo Mori, even though Enzo's whole thing was chance, and Drew doesn't <laughs> like chance. And yeah, Kalisto yeah, being champion because he's got lucha connections. It's... It's really straining, and the purple purple ropes don't help. The purple belt doesn't help. It's it's, it's so it's, segregated from the rest of the show with that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Just make it part of Raw, it's just, just like you did with the old cruiserweight division. Yeah, and look how well that went. You know, I think exactly. that the old cruiserweight division, especially when you go back all the way to WCW days, it can be the thing on the show. Even the X division in TNA, like the taboo TNA, <laughs> even that, that that's like the banner. That was the banner of of TNA impact wrestling and i don't know like i think people were worried and about it coming in and they were completely justified in their worries Absolutely, and yeah i just i don't care but like i i've said that i think three times now i don't care it sounds like i just hate wrestling now <laughs> you've I tuned just, in just to be negative i i think so. i'm one of those i'm a melter now i've turned into melter but <laughs> no that's the f i just don't care no, and I completely agree, which is a shame because you look at some of the wrestlers you've got in the Cruiserweight division and you've got some absolutely outstanding wrestlers. Cedric Alexander could be on the main roster, in my opinion. He's brilliant. Right. Um, Jack Gallagher, though, like he started as such a good, you know, refreshing character. And I'm bored of him now. I'm yeah. bored of Brian Kendrick. And, you know, I never thought I'd say be bored of Brian Kendrick. He was the one good thing at the start before Neville came back. Rich Swan, I've never been a massive fan of anyway. I mean... Let's put it this way. The best thing about the Cruiserweight division at TLC is not the title match. It's the fact that Drew Gulak is doing his PowerPoint on the pre-show. I can't wait to see that. I, can't I am wait so excited. Oh, With uh, Gallagher especially, like I, look, I, I saw a video on YouTube, uh, uh, let's say an, an undisclosed amount of time ago, and I looked and I was like, oh, um, Jack Gallagher against so-and-so and so-and-so. And it was when he turned heel. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, Jack Gallagher's turned heel. And then I looked at the date, and it was a month ago. So is that how I, long his heel turn was? Ago? Yeah, and this is I've only just realised he's turned heel now. That's how little it's been promoted. That's how little it, it, it's been brought into the kind of relevancy of everything else. And yeah. I just, I'm, I'm looking at the card, and I'm, I'm seeing this as one of the seven, one of the six matches on the main card for TLC. Ugh, I'm getting less and less interested as we go along. I'll be perfectly honest, the build-up has not been great. Um, and, I mean, the best thing that came out of this beatdown from heels who 
let's not forget, were beating up Enzo not so long before this. Um, the best thing about it was Enzo shouting, you deserve it, as they were beating him up. I thought that was really good. Um, and, you know, you can't blame Enzo for the, the fact that the Cruiserweight division's failing. It's been failing for months. And when you look back, like say, to the Cruiserweight Classic and look at who was part of that Cruiserweight Classic, you've got Kota Ibushi, you've got Zack Sabre Jr. And then look at what we've got now is just a hot mess, which it is a shame, but I feel if I carry on talking about the Cruiserweights, I will cry. So <laughs> let's talk about something that is equally going to make me cry, and that is Sister Abigail versus Pumpkin Bower. Oh, God. <laughs> now, I have, for anyone who listens to the show, they know that my favourite wrestler is Bray Wyatt. And... Okay. Bray Wyatt was the reason that I returned back to wrestling after, you know, some fairly shoddy years in the WWE. I thought his character was refreshing. I thought it was really, you know, inventive. I thought the Wyatt family were really cool. And now he's a man in drag. He was WWE champion at the start of this year. (laughs) And an elimination chamber, you heard the pop. He beat AJ Styles and John Cena in the same night. And he got the biggest pop. And now, when he comes on the Titantron, they can't even be bothered to boo him. They just are silent, which is so much worse. Even Finn Balor, who might well be the coolest adult to wear a leather jacket, oh. is he's just got no, not getting any reaction at all. And then they put that god-awful university-level media studies like project where his face turns slowly into a pumpkin. I mean, yes, WWE, we are aware that a holiday is approaching. Yes, WWE, we know that you will take up any possible chance, any possible chance to take our money, but a pumpkin baller? Really? I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, when these two have wrestled, they've been good matches. You know, Finn Balor is amazing. I mean... If you watch his stuff when he was in New Japan as Prince Devitt, he was absolutely phenomenal. You know, his promo game was fantastic. His re- the matches he put on was fantastic. Since he's come back from injury, can you think of one decent thing he's done? It, it's going to sound a little bit camp, but I'm going to go with the grey attire that he wore in the you last You are page. not the first person to say that. The grey attire went down really well. It, like honestly that's all I have cared about for Finn Balor like I was there when he came back the night after Mania and it even it even little plug earned me a spot on the WWE 24 special ironically oh nice and um, and, and I'm, I'm actually like disgusted that that's what's got me on WWE television now that <laughs> we, we fast forward six months and like you say he's a pumpkin and I just that the pro, he looks uncomfortable giving the promo like to the camera at the minute. He looks like he's not invested in what he's doing. It, it, I'm someone who's been interested in the idea of Sister Abigail for quite some time, but if it's if they if they have a match on Sunday and it's Bray with like a cloth on his head, <laughs> I just I don't I don't know I don't know if I can keep investing in this like i don't know if i get I, I might just have to like fast forward over it soon because it's getting bad it is and like i say i absolutely love bray Wyatt. i will defend that man to the hilt but good grief it's trying my patience now though my favorite thing at the moment is someone on facebook and i'm really sorry i can't remember his name came up with does this mean that sister abigail's got a move called the bray wyatt <laughs> which which tickled me um but this this entire feud is just it had one good week when Bray attacked Goldust 
and wiped all the makeup off and saying, look, he's just a man, he's just a normal man. That was actually the only highlight of this feud. And when you've got people who can go in the ring, you've got two, you've got a former WWE champion and a Universal champion in the ring together and all they can produce are mediocre feuds. You've got to look at it and just go, there's got to be something wrong with creative, surely. And we're going to go into that later on. But, I mean, it's not the first time in this show that we've talked about how creative is worrying a lot of people. And, you know, if the rumours are true and we're going to have more walkouts, then obviously something must be going wrong. Yeah, and I just don't know what the steps are to fixing it because if there's if there's more coming, and I'm hesitant to say there is because obviously, like you say, there's you can rarely like there's only so often you can believe the dirt issues and things. But like you say, I just think it's so one dimensional. And the problem is, you you put a couple of good weeks of programming on TV uh, for Raw especially, and then they just feel like they can coast for a little while. And it's almost like you can you can copy from the end of September all the way through to the start of December or the end of December and just hit delete or just hit <laughs> hit the snooze button every year cuz like this is this is the this is the time period where things usually go into a bit of a lull but my god things are just extra lazy yeah, like yeah. this card on Sunday boy it, it, it is bad like i i i usually try and stay up for some of them obviously cuz we're in the UK but i'm i'm really going to have to force my own hand in order to kind of be forced to stay up for this like can you can you point to like aside from the shield thing can you point to this something on the card that you're you you will go out of your way to watch i mean obviously like you've mentioned we are in the uk so it's it's one o'clock before the pp the pay-per-views start and you look at the cards you've got sasha banks and alicia fox on the pre-show you've got drew like drew gulak's powerpoint let's not forget that um and the only other match I can honestly say, apart from the Shield, is the debut of Asuka. That's the only thing. Not her match, the fact that she's debuting on the main roster, but she's debuting on a main roster where they have bungled so many people. You know, you look at Bobby Roode, you know, on SmackDown, which we're going to have a look at it in a minute, and it makes me sad. Genuinely, he comes out to his glorious theme tune, and it makes me sad. And I never thought I'd be sad when Bobby Roode was on TV. And it's just, uh, I just I don't understand the WWE at the moment in so many areas. I mean, the Alexa Bliss Mickey James match could be good, but I'm not going to stop up and you know out of my way and watch it. We've got a tag match in the 205 Live division, which will be the merchandise break match. Let's be perfectly honest. It's just it's it really is a hot mess. And finally, I haven't put this on the notes, but Jason Jordan, man. What on earth are they doing with Jason Jordan? He was, you know, Kurt Angle's son to much derision from all fans, including myself. I thought it was ridiculous. It it should have been Chad Gable if you're going to do this ridiculous Attitude Era storyline. Um, but then, I mean, what have they done with him? They flung him into an Intercontinental Championship match where he was booed, and this is a match where he was with The Miz. And then... You know, now he's just he seems to be tagging onto people's tag team matches. The Hardy Boys. Um was he with Titus Worldwide on Monday? Yeah, something like that. It's just it's I don't understand what they're doing with him at all. I mean this ma this lad can go. His promo game is terrible, but he can really, really go in the ring. And he just needs to kind of get into a tag team again as soon as possible. 
Yeah, and like we, you've seen, like we've seen how well it's gone for Gable with Benjamin, obviously over on SmackDown as well. Like that, yeah. he's doing well because he's back in the tag team, and especially with Jordan. I mean, like you've got someone in Kurt Angle who, when the, the first night he debuted as the GM after WrestleMania, he he was funny, he was witty, these comic little bits. But over the last few months, he's just kind of descended into becoming stale GM who makes a couple of decisions here and there again, and. If anyone should be partnered with him and, you know, trying to get Jordan to up his promo game, like you say, up his work rate and this and that, it should be Angle. But, like, we're just seeing nothing. And it just, it's just, it's the same, you know, lather, rinse, repeat for pretty much everything on Raw right now and the majority of SmackDown as we're going to go into. And I just, the bizarre thing to me is, this is when the WrestleMania travel packages come out and the tickets come out next month for people to actually you know, spend lots of money to go potentially overseas and watch this. And yet this is the kind of product they're putting on. This is, this is when you're meant to be pushing it. You're meant to be pushing your product because you think give people something to look forward to for the next six months, because this is, this is when things are going to start to pick up gradually. Now that we're out of the post mania lull, we're kind of next few months are going to be a bit rocky. We know, but then as soon as December hits, people start talking about WrestleMania and they're on based on this evidence you know, rumours of Roman just instantly being thrust into the uh, feud with Brock. Jinder's still the champion, and we're getting worryingly close to 2018. Oh, God, like, God. I just, I don't even know. I don't know. It's, it's a worrying time to be a wrestling fan. Um, I mean, the Raw has done a couple, a smattering of good shows, but all that stuff has been centred around the Shield and the Shield reunion. And the person who's carrying Raw at the moment for me is The Miz. Yeah. He's the best thing on Raw. You know, you rewind to 2013 and you, you'd have told me that The Miz was the best thing about Raw. I'd have laughed you out of the building. Yeah, I would, I would have I would have been horrified that anyone would even come out with those poisonous words. Like, I hated him. <laughs> like, I started watching again in 2010 and he, I, I liked him in 2010 because he had his, uh, his run with the um, Money in the Bank briefcase. Going into WrestleMania yeah. 27, I actually wanted, I was actually really hoping that, because it was my first Mania back, hoping that they could produce something really good. And then I went through like a, a couple of years, like everyone else, where I thought, God, he's getting bad, he's getting worse. Like you said, he's been revitalized now. And and the thing with the Shield is especially, what, what is this direction they're going in? Like, I mean, if, if it is Dean turning heel and they have Dean and Seth at WrestleMania, great, fine. Yeah. And but But then categorically that that will lead on to roman going into something with brock and i know fantasy booking and booking in advance is something that all wrestling fans are guilty of myself included but you it's just based on the evidence we're given i don't have a reason to buy tickets to wrestlemania this year like I, i'm not going anyway but i like i wouldn't i wouldn't listen think yeah this is this is promising yeah, when you look at the build-up to WrestleMania 33, and WrestleMania 33, in my opinion, was far, far superior to WrestleMania 32. Yep. I mean, I thought it was better than WrestleMania 31, in my opinion, but that's only because WrestleMania 31, for me, was just the cash-in. Um, I thought as an overall show, it was better. Um, it had... F- if that was, If I was going to go to a WrestleMania and fork out my money, you know, you know a lot of money... You can't stress that enough how much money it actually is. You know, you'd go to 33. Because if you look at this, do you really want to spend the... I mean, okay, let me ask you a question. Do you think the Shield reunion 
is going to get Roman cheered at WrestleMania. No. No. no of course it's not. Of course it's not. And if WWE are naive and as short-sighted as to think so, then they deserve no one to go to WrestleMania. Because... You need to start shoving Roman down your throat. And you know, bless him. I didn't think I'd ever say that about Roman Reigns. Bless him. But he tries his hardest. He is a hard worker. He has massively improved in the ring. His promo game has massively improved. We are long, long removed from suffering succotash. <laughs> which, oh, I still have to replay every now and then just to just to improve my spirits. <laughs> but, I mean, this has been, you know, it's been rumoured for so long that the main event of WrestleMania is going to be Brock versus Roman, which we've already seen. You know, they, don't forget they had to insert Seth into the main event of 31 because they were worried about how it was going to be received. So why on earth do it on 34 when Roman has had no no upsurge in fan support whatsoever? In fact, it's probably got a bit worse. You know, one time he's heel, then the WWE wanting to be face, then they retire The Undertaker, then he comes in and says, it's my yard now, then they want him to be face again. Just choose something and stick with it. Because otherwise, the fans are just going to not care at all. And, you know, all of this on top of the fact that it is highly rumoured that Jinder is going to walk into Mania as champion. Which is just a horrifying, horrifying thing to think about. And don't forget as well, after TLC, we've got Survivor Series, a pay-per-view where it's a joint branded pay-per-view that is going to have no Universal Championship match and no WWE Championship match. It, it, it's, it's looking bad. Like the, the outlook isn't good, and obviously, the people listening to this, they're going to think that we're all negative. They're going to think that we're just crapping on it for the sake of it. We're not. You know, we are. We, these are. This is what we're being presented with. This is what we're being given. This is what we are being shown as a product by the WWE, and it's not good enough. Like, I, like I, I'm not. I'm not exactly the authority on wrestling, but like as a fan, as a consumer, I just this. Is, I don't enjoy this, and. Like you said about Roman, like I've actually started to feel sorry for him. Like when he comes on my screen, I feel I feel sorry for, I feel pity yeah. for him. And I'm someone who paid outrageous money to go to WrestleMania last year in Orlando. I paid outrageous money, and I sat there and watched him as a babyface win in a in a subpar match against the Undertaker and potentially retire him. And like for that, and like say like Randy Orton, I, when I look back on my first WrestleMania, those are the two major things where I look at and think, oh god, you know that's not great. But they've they've pushed him down our throat so much, and they've they've belittled him almost in so many ways that I now honestly just feel sorry for him, and I I feel numb when I when he comes on screen. I don't find it interesting. Like, but it, but fascinatingly enough, on the other end of it, the whole Brock thing. I actually have liked it. Like when I, back when he won it at uh, Mania, I I kind of laid out a plan in my head of what I wanted to see was Brock would be challenged by people every couple of months. He'd struggle, but he'd just about he'd just about get there. He'd like edge past people. He'd edge past this person or this person, retain the title all the way up until WrestleMania, and then Roman turns heel and wins it back and sends Brock back in. Now that's following a trend. But do I trust the WWE to actually pull off something that will be interesting and won't be Roman, you know, walking out of the Superdome with the title? No. And I, I will, obviously, as a wrestling fan, a journalist, I will still buy WrestleMania. I will still watch 
WrestleMania, but casual fans, casual fans won't. Like if, if casual fans are led to believe that nothing interesting will happen, they're not going to take the risk and actually pay for it. I'd be very surprised. I'd be very, very surprised. Um, I think we move, need to move away from Raw because it seems to be depressing the both of us, which is not what we want. And speaking yeah. about, you know, just you know, constantly ragging on wrestling, moving <coughs> to SmackDown, oh. I genuinely really enjoyed SmackDown this week. And I don't know whether it was from like a cynical point of view, but I thought there was far more ups on SmackDown than there was on Raw this week. Far more ups. And I'll be honest... Most of them was because uh, was because of Owens and Zayn. I am wearing my Sami Zayn hoodie right now, as we <laughs> speak, and I I am not afraid to admit that when 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 it, when what happened at Hell in the Cell happened, I honestly bought into it. I was gutted. I I felt betrayed. Like that's how you're meant to feel in wrestling. Like you're meant to feel like a visceral reaction. And yeah. like I he's been my favorite for the last. I'm not going to pretend like I watched him in the Indies. I didn't, but like the last two or three years, I he's he's been my favorite by far. Everything about him. So, so when you see that kind of heel turn, and then you watch someone who was so good at the small characteristics of wrestling, the small little intricacies of character work, when you see it play out on TV, like we did with the segment, uh, with the segment on uh, SmackDown this week with Brian Owens and Zayn, oh, and then obviously so the main good. event. It's so satisfying. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. The last two promos that Sami Zayn has given over the last two weeks on SmackDown, not only have they been delivered fantastically, but he's he's got a point which makes it even worse. You know, I followed Sami Zayn in NXT like you. I didn't follow him in the indies, but in NXT you'd built that underdog from the underground kind of thing around him. You know, and to see him do something like this to someone let's not forget, who has basically made it their mission in life to destroy this man, you know, and after this segment and after the tag match in the main event, I just thought, this is brilliant. This is really, really good. This proves that the WWE can do things right. And in my opinion, they haven't done a lot wrong with Kevin Owens since he's been on the, since he's been on the main roster. With the exception of you know, I don't think he should have lost the Universal title in the manner he did at Payback. Um, was it Payback? No, sorry, Fastlane. Um, but he is rapidly becoming one of my favourite things in the WWE by a country mile. And it's just a shame, really, that this pales into you know insignificance when you realise that Jinder Mahal still holds the WWE Championship. And I read something... Uh, I think it was on Reddit, and he's now had a longer title reign than these men. Eddie Guerrero. Oh. The Rock. And who's the other one? I can't remember who the other one was, but those are the two that really jumped out at me. Jinder Mahal, who was two weeks... Whoa, 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 sorry. WWE breaking news has just come up on my phone. Sorry, I don't know if it's come up on yours. Kurt Angle to return to action and replace Roman Reigns at WWE TLC and, oh. a and AJ Styles to battle the demon Finn Balor. So Bray Wyatt has been pulled from the pay-per-view. It's literally just come through. And Kurt Angle is returning to action and is replacing Roman Reigns at WWE TLC. What? What 
I've just seen on Twitter. What the? What on earth is happening? I'm, I'm speechless. I'm, I'm literally staring at it now, and I am. I that am... is mental. What? This is how they're bringing Kurt back. As part of a weird shield reunion. I do. I'm so confused. Is Roman ill? Is this some kind of weird angle? Has he been suspended again? I'd love I it don't... if he had. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would that would make the long-term booking for WrestleMania outstanding. And I know I... we were talking about SmackDown Live, but I really think we need to talk about this. I'm not waiting until the news segment to talk about this, but... No, like, what, I... What I... on earth? Finn, wait, I, 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 it's the second part. Finn against AJ. I've been on, wanting that match for on months. A raw, on a Raw pay-per-view. I mean... What's what's happening? What's happening? I don't understand. I bet people on the Raw roster are thinking, really? Really? I'm not on that pay-per-view, but you're bringing someone from SmackDown over. I mean, I'm angry. Like, I, I, this, I'm, my instant reaction is, is, is shock, but it's also anger because you've got Kurt Angle's return. Probably should have waited until WrestleMania 34. Let's just throw that out there. And you've yeah, got absolutely. Finn against AJ, two former leaders of the bloody bullet club that's a mania main event that is a mania main event so was john senior against roman reigns wasn't it like the other month yeah, no absolutely. they threw so, that away in no mercy yeah and so arguably so was brock lesnar against braun Strowman. Yeah, arguably again we could even watch roman reigns against braun at wrestlemania i don't even know what i'm talking about now i'm just i'm, <laughs> used, I'm disorientated i don't know which way is up i don't know what color the sky is <laughs> that's uh that's certainly thrown a spanner in the works, and for those, I'm sure, for those four or five of you in the wrestling universe who are looking forward to seeing Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor, unfortunately, that is not going to be happening. I mean, in a... speaking from a wrestling fan's point of view now, AJ Styles versus Finn Balor is going to be a match stealer. It's going to be a night stealer. That is going to be match of the night by a country mile. But, but... for oh. Kurt Angle, you know one of the best wrestlers in WWE history, you know, one of my favourite wrestlers of all time, to return with little to no fanfare, bearing in mind that the pay-per-views, the day after tomorrow, I mean, we're recording this on Friday, it's 10 to 9, and um, uh, I just, I don't understand why they couldn't find anyone. If they're bringing people over from SmackDown, bring someone else over from SmackDown. Bring someone over who's got beef with The Miz. You know, like, bring Ziggler over. No one gives a shit about Ziggler. What's happened to Roman? Like, I, that's what I'm kind of... I'm, I'm kind of speechless a little bit a minute. This is not obviously not going to be great listening for some, but I'm, I don't understand why Roman's out. There's been no word whatsoever of... Like, I'm looking at the actual press release now. Yeah, same here. And all it says, like, literally, it only says... Kurt Angle competing in a WWE ring for the first time in more than 11 years, replacing Roman Reigns, AJ Styles replacing Bray Wyatt, and then they don't mention them. They don't mention them. And funnily enough, like the whole thing, like they've completely thrown the whole Sister Abigail thing under the bus. Like yep. they, they didn't even mention it. Like, and I know it was a bit of a stupid storyline, but uh, they haven't even put it. They haven't even put it in the release. I can't see the word Sister Abigail anywhere. Like, what? I'm confused. Man, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle is returning to action at TLC. I mean, it has been, you know, 
as soon as he came back as GM, everyone was like, oh, when's he going to get back into the ring? And everyone was like, it's going to be in WrestleMania, it's going to be versus Triple H. Which, I don't like watching Triple H matches at the best of times, to be perfectly honest, because I find him boring, methodical and plodding. I mean, I know he's, you know, I know he is getting on a bit. But, you know, Kurt Angle is similar to AJ Styles and similar to how I said before. He can get a five-star match out of a broomstick. But to have him return with no storyline in a match with the Shield against a an edited Miztourage on a B-level pay-per-view, what are they playing at? Put Jason Jordan in there. And Put anyone. I'll just point out as well, isn't Cat Angle meant to be, you know, like on the verge of having a permanently disabled neck or something? Why have they put him in a TLC match? Against Braun Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> Literally a man who can lift the big show without sweating. And they're putting Kurt Angle in a match with him. Look at what's happened with Cesaro's teeth. And that was Dean Ambrose. I, I don't I My head hurts. What I really hope happens now is that the Shield still come down from the crowd and they've got Kurt Angle wearing a bulletproof vest. I would love that. <laughs> what? Oh, I just... Oh, my I, God. This makes SmackDown look even... Well, I don't know if it doesn't... Does it make SmackDown look even better? Like, why... This is what the UFC do. If, if, if there's an injury, they get a last-minute replacement. But so we're in the... Do- with the Anthony Joshua fight. Yeah, exactly. A perfect example. Boxing, UFC, all of that. They, they, they will get a replacement in. So why why even announce it two days before? It's 48 hours. Can you not wait 48 hours? So many things over the last few years. You've had Daniel Bryan's retirement. You've had Hulk Hogan returning to be the host of WrestleMania 30. There was a two examples of many when WWE decided that social media output was more important than actually producing moments on, on screen. And for a company that push wrestlemania moments trademark so much oh God, yeah. you would think they would want moments i don't it's it's absolutely baffling I, can, I cannot understand these decisions at all this is a complete game changer in terms of the predictions i mean yeah this has completely i mean this pretty much nails on that the shield are going to win they're not gonna have kurt angle losing his first match back surely well but, i I think this, ironically, I think this is um, this opens the door for the other team, in my opinion, because I think that now they could make the argument that it wasn't the Shield. I guess. No, I suppose not. I got to... I just well, 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 well. I don't, I don't know what to say really. That's uh, there you go. A little bit of breaking news here on wrestling and more. Who thought that would happen tonight? Um, well. I don't really know how to follow that. It seems, it seems silly to try and follow that, to be perfectly honest, but I suppose we should try and try. Kurt Angle is returning at TLC 2017. <laughs> the Royal Rumble is in January. Oh. Just return him in the Rumble. Oh, I'm my sure. God. Oh, my what? God. I'm, I'm baffled. Hopefully, though, fingers crossed, this does mean the end of the Bray Wyatt-Finn Balor feud. I mean, this is as good a sign of any as they should do it. Like, the thing is, I've seen all the news stories about him being ill and stuff in the last few days, and I thought something big might happen, but nothing like this. No. No. I'll be honest, I didn't think that Bray Wyatt would be taking part after, you know, he's been put in quarantine with Bo Dallas and with uh, JoJo. So, some would argue that is karma, but 
you know, I'm not entirely sure. Anyone, anyone at all could have been put in that match. I mean, AJ Styles, why bring a SmackDown superstar over? I know they're trying to make a match that will be worthy of, you know, a match of the night label, but I don't understand. I don't understand. Would Would you like to... Would you like to have some more breaking news? Of course. Who wouldn't? And I, uh, I think this is breaking news. Uh, WWE.com has just released the following. Breaking news. Kevin Owens leaves Buenos Aires uh, and the WWE tour this weekend for personal reasons has been pulled from the remainder of the shows this weekend. Oh, good God. The WWE is falling apart. The seams. What is happening? What is I, happening? I, I don't really... I am baffled. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. This has completely changed the title of our podcast. Our podcast, when we were going to air, was going to be A New Era at Wrestling and More, Kane Returns, Jinder versus Brock. None of that seems to matter anymore. None of that seems to matter. Nothing seems to matter anymore. My job, my house, nothing. <laughs> Kurt Angle is coming back at TLC 2017 as part of The Shield, and Kevin Owens has been pulled or is leaving the tour for personal reasons. Oh, uh, I mean, the only thing I can say is I can't see that being beef with creative. No, I think I, maybe I there's think some... that is family reasons, possibly. Is there any other thing you're going to break? Is Bray Wyatt actually Kane? <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's... Well, should we try and talk about gender, or shall we, or will oh. that kind of pale in comparison? I, I don't know. To be perfectly honest... I just think, even when Jinder won the title, and I know that there were so many people who were like, it's different, it's different. And yes, it wasn't boring face Orton, because I don't think he should have had the title, to be perfectly honest. And there's loads of people saying, yeah, well, he got, you know, thugged out by Brock. I don't care. You know, look, he's got like 14 title reigns. You know, he gets his head busted open, yes, but I imagine he got paid a hefty sum of money to do that. You know, he doesn't need to make Bray Wyatt look even more ridiculous than Bray Wyatt already looks. And then Jinder beats him, and then we've had... You talked about copy and paste. We have had every match that Jinder has had has been copy, paste, repeat. You know, he starts, it's boring, rest holds, it looks like he's going to lose, Singh brothers intervene, one coloss, pinfall. It's happened with Randy, it's happened with Randy, it's happened with Shinsuke, it's happened with Shinsuke. I mean, talk about another NXT botch. Good grief, Shinsuke Nakamura. What's happened with him? But this man is now challenged. Sorry, I'm on a ramp because I just hate this. I absolutely hate his title reign. I don't rate him as a wrestler. So what if he's worked hard at the gym? I imagine every other wrestler on the entire roster, including NXT, works hard at the gym. Just because he's come back and has a few more muscles does not mean that you can put the WWE Championship that has been on around the waist of Bruno Sammartino, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you do not put that on him just to troll the fans. And to have this until wrestle... I'm going to swear, and I'm sorry, this might make this ex you know an expletive on iTunes, I don't care. To put the title on Jinder fucking Mahal just because he's put on a bit of mass muscle-wise... It's ridiculous. You don't see Heath Slater walking around with the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> I'm, I just I don't agree with it. And now the fact that we've got to go through another bloody pay-per-view where the title hasn't even been defended 
And all is going to happen is he's going to be completely destroyed by Lesnar. I mean, it's the only way it can possibly be booked. Because if he puts up more of a match than Braun Strowman did, that's ridiculous. It's just... It just oh, makes me angry, people. Makes me very angry. And it's understandable. I mean, a man who looks good in a suit apparently qualifies to be the WWE champion these days. And I think that it is it is ridiculous. I think that it, it's been well past its sell-by date. I think that even the whole Indian experiment about this is being done because he's, they want to get into the Indian market, I don't even think that holds up anymore. Like, I, I, I was willing to give it a chance at the start. I'm not now. Like you said, Shinsuke Nakamura, he was a killer last year when he came in uh, at TakeOver Dallas. He was an absolute killer. Oh, that and, match with Zayn was in, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and now he's in, a, he's in a tag team match where him and Zayn are there opposite each other and there's barely any kind of storyline progression or mention of them there. And he's, he's on just like an every everyday tag team with Randy Bloody Orton of all people. And going back to Jinder, why my men want to watch Jinder Mahal against Brock Lesnar? Like, Am I? Is there a reason why I'm supposed to find that interesting? Is there a reason why anyone's supposed to find that interesting? I, I think the most interesting thing about this entire Jinder Mahal title reign has been the Singh brothers. They have yeah. been mildly entertaining, and because I find two men who aren't wrestlers, I mean, I know they are wrestlers, but they aren't billed as wrestlers at the moment on the main roster, um, they'll believe one of them is fighting AJ Styles next week. So, you know, what a waste of TV time that'll be. Um... I just, I just don't understand. I just don't understand his title reign. Because, like you say, it hasn't broken the Indian market like they thought it would. But they are going on another Indian tour in December, I think. Yeah. Um, I believe that's after Starcade, right? The live event Starcade. That's annoying as well. Like, why oh, is that? God, yeah. <laughs> if that... There's some people who think that that is going to be a network exclusive similar to Roadblock. I'd like that. Uh, that would be fine. But if it's just a live show and they've given it... The name Starcade, that's just that's just kicking a dead horse in the bollocks, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's insulting. It's really that insulting. really is. That's that's Vince McMahon going. You know, I don't give a shit. WCW is dead, and don't you forget it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, to expand on our breaking news, apparently it seems like Roman caught the viral meningitis. Apparently, lovely image there of Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns engaged in steamy sex. Lovely. So. <laughs> It's delightful. That is that is lovely. So hairy. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, I'm completely thrown out. I have notes, people. I have notes and a structure to it. Harry can verify this. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at them now. I'm looking at them now. And just so much has happened in this. It's, it's just thrown me completely. So, okay. yes, Jinder is challenging Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. He is going to get his ass handed to him. There is going to be one coloss. Brock will kick out probably before the two count. Um, and one F5, and that will be... And if that headlines as well, oh my God, that's going to main event Survivor Series. And when you think about 2016 Survivor Series, I don't know what your opinions are of that pay-per-view. I thought it was fantastic. 2016 Survivor Series, where you had Raw versus SmackDown, the three Survivor Series matches, especially the single male one. That was fantastic really really good pay-per-view and then of course you have Brock and Goldberg this just hasn't been built to at all I mean I know obviously you've got TLC but you'd still want some manner as this is one of the big four as well as WWE insist on thrusting down our throats when you consider the marquee match 
is Jobber Mahal versus Brock Lesnar. That's another pay per view. I'm just not. I'm not bothered about. Yeah, completely agreed. And like I agree with you about Survivor Series last year. So much intrigue, so much fascination going into it, and I, it, it is like one thing I quite liked. Do you remember the bragging rights pay per view they had for a couple of years? Yes. I liked when they utilised that as a way to kind of put Raw and SmackDown against each other. But, like, last year, the thing with the matches were Raw went 2-0 up in the first two matches, didn't they? Yeah. And, and then, and then obviously, they came back in the, in the main event kind of thing to make it 2-1. If Which they was do the, the one same... that everyone thought Raw was going to win. Yeah, and when they, you know, when they do it this year, but say if they do the same kind of thing, I don't trust them to do the right kind of booking. I may, therefore, not trust myself to watch it live especially if i'm going to get jinder versus brock i know and it's just all very it's all very odd i think the 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 wwe world has been turned upside down more so even in the next in the last uh, 10 minutes absolutely absolutely just before i carry on with smackdown you talked about you know if the same was to happen if raw versus smackdown was to happen at 2017 survivor series you know you looked at I'm just using um, the male superstars one as a little bit of an example because the, the female rosters haven't changed too much with the exception yeah. of Charlotte, really. Um, but you look at the male superstars and Raws, you're looking at Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, uh, Dean Ambrose, Braun, and probably Samoa Joe when he returns from injury. That's a big five. That is a very, very big five. But you look at SmackDown, you know, they've got AJ Styles, Kevin Owens... Zane, and then it'll probably be Nakamura and Orton. I mean, there's only one winner in that. Raw would, Raw should absolutely wipe the floor with that. And when the superstar shakeup happened, I thought that SmackDown had got a Raw end of the deal because all of their mid card went to Raw. And I just, I don't. I've said in a previous podcast that SmackDown, with the exception, well. Everything pre Hell in a Cell, should we say, was just the same. It could have been the same episode of SmackDown repeated for four weeks, and I wouldn't have noticed. And yeah. that has been a massive, massive issue. There has been such a noted decline in SmackDown since the Superstar Shakeup and since Jinder has been champion. Because Jinder's promos have been awful. You know, the United States Championship was the main belt on SmackDown, which is now being held by Baron Bloody Corbin. The bloody black hole of charisma that he is. Huh. Saying that, though we could we might have Sin Cara as the new United States champion. Who knows if that's going to be his next feud. Can you imagine if a world where Jinder Mahal and Sin Cara hold the two SmackDown championships, singles championships... Just let that sink in for a minute. That's not a world I want to live in. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be a part of this planet anymore. No, I, <laughs> I just, yeah, no, I completely agree on all counts. Like, it seems like something, maybe like an element of it has been Road Dog took over as head right or a SmackDown. And uh, there are a lot of rumors flying around that that played a big role in it. But yeah, I mean, it, it seems like they they can't have they can't have one be successful and they, then they can't therefore bring the other one up the other show up to that level they have to drop one of them down before they bring the other one up for some reason i mean i know it's not as complex as 
you know, I know some people will say they're not doing it on purpose, or you're an idiot or something. Like, then it just happens sometimes. But it's the WWE, and I feel like because maybe they don't feel like they've got the competition from outside of the company, they feel like they can they can throw all of their eggs in one basket for one of the shows, and then not do so on the other. But because SmackDown, the beautiful thing about SmackDown before the Superstar Shakeup was the storylines were so simple, but they worked because the people executing them. We're doing it so well and everything was fine-tuned to make sense you know you had matches being made a week in advance you had things being advanced you had actual big moments like it felt big and people didn't lose for the sake of it there wasn't 50 50 booking and it's like they've picked up that idea and vince has just walked over to the smackdown writers and said i'll take that now thank you and i'll take that to raw and and and, and that's that's the end of it and it's like they've swapped writing crews yeah that is that is it in a, in a nutshell, and it's sad to see. Um, but I don't know. I guess we've got to try and find the positives amongst all of the greasy, horrible negatives. Yeah, I mean, Kurt Angle is you know fighting at TLC. <laughs> that's oh, that's surely a positive. I'm trying desperately to get that out of my head, but it's impossible. It is and... really difficult. And what Just... makes me laugh is they've got to try and work that now into a storyline on Raw. But going back to what you said about you know how one seems to suffer at the other expense and you know pre-mania i think everyone will agree that smackdown was the pre- the premier show it was blowing raw out of the water week after week after week i mean it doesn't help that raw have got that third hour which they won't drop for money reasons you know which is fair enough but smackdown was constantly blowing it out of the water and vince cannot have been happy that his flagship show you know his baby since 1993 was being blown out of the water by what was started as, let's be honest, a bit of a joke from a rocks from the rocks catchphrase. Yeah. So the superstar shakeup happened, and you know, Sami Zayn's perfectly right. They went to SmackDown with thoughts of this land of opportunity. Rusev's been buried completely. You know, Rusev is never going to be seen as a credible threat to a championship again, even if he is absolutely hilarious. Um, you've got Mike Canellis on there. Is he even still with the company? I think so. They're, they're doing kind of like a redemption story after he had his drug problems. Uh, that'll be. Oh, I say I'm. I'd say I'd be quite looking forward to that. But it's the WWE, so they'll probably bungle it. You've yeah. got Shinsuke Nakamura, who's the big, you know, promotion from NXT, and they've botched his return. Stop giving NXT call-ups, WWE. If you are listening, which of course you're not, but stop giving NXT call-ups to Dolph Ziggler. Okay, he is not the wrestler he thinks he is. He is an average wrestler. I mean, we might as well transition straight into the Bobby Roode stuff um, from here, but good God, good God. I mean, the match in Hell in a Cell was average at best. Average at best. I mean, for me, in NXT, it wasn't about Bobby Roode's matches. Because, you know, he's nothing spectacular in the ring. He's good, but he's no AJ Styles, no Finn Balor. It was about his mannerisms. You know, it was about the way he scoped out an opponent, and it was about the way he made notes on them and knew how to beat them. As a face, he's not going to be able to perform in that way. And he's just another in-ring competitor. There's just nothing behind him at all. There's no character build or anything. It's just, I am Bobby Roode, and I'm happy to be here in front of y'all. Which is just, it's not the Bobby Roode that people are used to. And in my opinion, it's not the way he should be built. And this Dolph Ziggler thing, 
Good God, man. This Dolph Ziggler thing with this entrance. And then, was he was Bobby Roode beaten in three minutes on SmackDown this week? Yeah. Three minutes. And, you know, Dolph Ziggler has got nothing to gain. You know, there are rumours flying around that he's leaving after his contract expires. Which, you know, he has every right to do. But I just... I don't understand. Bobby Roode has already gone down in my estimations through nothing of his own but just shoddy, shoddy booking and lazy booking. And that's what I feel like it is with Bobby Roode. Lazy booking. They've got no idea what to do with him. No idea at all. So he shouldn't have been promoted from NXT. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree on all counts. Again, it sounds dull to say, but yeah. And I think that I love the, the thing I love about Bobby Roode is he does everything so everything he does is so simple in the ring, but he performs it so perfectly that in in kayfabe terms he would be difficult to beat. And like you said, the match at Hell in a Cell, I mean, roll up seriously. And like I, I get what they're trying to do; they're trying to make him a bit more of a babyface, then probably push him down the road of being heel. Dolph Ziggler as the gateway person is dull. He should have left two years ago, or even last year. He should have left when he lost the feud to the Miz in the kind of title versus career thing he was relevant then it would have had far more of an impact than if he left now yeah exactly and I think if he goes now he'll just kind of go out the back door but yeah Bobby Roode he is someone who this is the problem he is someone who should be WWE champion and on Smackdown if he becomes WWE champion it won't feel that big to me like I, I know that anyone taking the title off gender would be a big moment but if Shinsuke had won I'd have felt like they're just doing it because it's the easy option. If if um, Bobby wins it, I feel like they're doing it because it's the easy option. It, which is something that it felt like in NXT. Like when the NXT title changed hands, in my mind, that was a de- that's a developmental championship that is used to hoist people into the main event. Yeah, the same kind of feeling with the WWE Championship. It's like I look at it and I think anyone on that roster maybe aside from AJ, who would win the WWE title. It just like like it just doesn't feel like a big deal to me. And I'm really worried they're going to hoist Bobby into a position, not that he's not ready for, but that he maybe hasn't earned yet. But the, the way you earn it is through like step-by-step storytelling, step-by-step progression through feuds and through, you know, character work. But like we saw with Jinder, all it took was a heel turn and winning a number one contenders match. And all of a sudden... He, he won the title. And I feel like this whole fad that the WWE and SmackDown specifically at the moment seem to have with shooting someone into a main event spot where they don't really deserve it, it's really hindering them. Pun yeah, not it is. Yeah. I mean, you spoke earlier about how um, the WWE is kind of unrivaled. You know, it hasn't got to worry about other promotions catching them up, but it is pushing more fans towards other promotions. I mean, I was never... I've never watched New Japan before January. I watched Wrestle Kingdom. And, you know, since then I've been absolutely hooked. I love the promotion. I love everything about it. You know, the fact that they treat wrestlers like rock stars. They are performing match after match because they're allowed to wrestle their own style. The storylines are simple. There's none of. I mean, I know WWE is about entertainment, but there is some point where that has got to take a back seat. You know, I don't know if... Uh, do you follow much um, New Japan? 
time to time, not as much as I maybe would like to have time for, but I keep up with the major points. Yeah, I mean, like, um, the main event of King of Pro Wrestling uh, was Evil versus Okada. Now, Okada is an absolutely unbelievable wrestler. Evil is effectively a glorified mid-carder. And similar to how you said you're sick of people being pushed into the main event that don't deserve it, Evil is a mid-carder. But the match felt good because it had been built properly. And if the WWE focus more on simple storylines that made sense, that built characters, you know, that added more to the characters, more people would be invested in the feuds instead of just turning up and being silent or playing with beach balls. Don't ban beach balls. Put inventive, you know, just put something that the people want to watch and they won't bring beach balls. It just it needs to be more interesting, and if they aren't careful, they are going to push more people to other promotions. You know, to watch Ring of Honor, they're not going to watch GFW. Nobody watches GFW. Um, you know, New Japan. You know, All Japan. Pro. You know, Pro Wrestling Noah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. People will go and find what they want somewhere else. And I'm worried that the WWE, coupled with the mass walkouts from you know starting with Neville. I'm worried that the WWE aren't going to realise this till it's too late. Yeah, and the exodus, it's a real thing. Like, I don't think we've seen as much hype or as much build behind a couple you know, superstars leaving as we are right now. We've had the rumours of people asking Cody Rhodes about ways out. We've heard this and that. Like, it, it, it's, it's as serious as it's gotten. I, do, I, like, I obviously do think we need to remember the time of year. Obviously, it is end of October, beginning of November, traditionally a lull time. But Absolutely. That being said, I feel like we're in an era now where New Japan, like you said, Ring of Honor, like you said, WrestleMania weekend is being flooded with independent shows. How many years is it going to take before all of those promotions, New Japan, Ring of Honor combine, and actually maybe try and put on a, a, a stadium show on WrestleMania weekend? It sounds silly. It sounds stupid. But this is, what, this is the point we're getting to. We're, we're, we're getting to the point where... They can't ignore everything else anymore. They're trying to prod people with the whole, you know, that they've they they did the thing on WWE 2K18 where they mimicked the Shield's entrance and made it into the clubs, the well, Bullet Clubs, and they the Young Bucks replied to it. It's it's we're on a rocky slope. Like I think that the WWE are starting to get rattled. Like they're it's like the age-old boxer who's kind of like been in the ring for eleven rounds and in the twelfth. They're starting to get a little bit wobbly. They're starting to throw some haymakers. They're starting to panic a little bit. And I think, like, like what we've just seen, throwing Kurt Angle in at, at TLC, throwing Finn Balor against AJ Styles in matches that really, that they're throwing money away. They're really throwing money away with this, I think. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's 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 panic times. And, I mean, maybe this is what pushes them to do better. It, it did back in 1996. Maybe it will now. It's just come through on Sky Sports as breaking news as well that Kurt Angle will return for the first time. Um, so it is a big thing, but I, I agree with you on all counts. Um, I don't think... I mean, you look at Progress, you know, Progress Wrestling, they're selling out Wembley, you know, the Wembley Arena shows, you know, and that's a relatively small promotion when you, you know, compared to, you know, Ring of Honor, things like that, you know, in a country that, yes, is booming at the moment, because fans want more wrestling. Um, and we'll talk about that actually uh, later on as there's more 
updates released today actually about the uh, UK performers which is about bloody time um, I'm going to end on a positive on Smackdown because I feel like we have ragged on WWE something horrible especially in the last 20 minutes so um, the Fashion Files I thought this was really good I don't think it was as good as some of the other ones they've done um, but just as something that's not taking itself ridiculously seriously or just something that's very I just thought I I enjoyed it and the reason I enjoyed it was actually because I thought the Ascension showed a different side to them and I thought that was really good what was your opinion what do you think of the Fashion Files I do think they're fun I think that they're, they're a fun little novelty thing on Smackdown and it, it's nice to have a bit of comic relief every now and again but are they a victim of their own success is something I would say like I think that I I really enjoy seeing them on a weekly basis, like you said about the Ascension. But I there comes a point where I, I always worry about things getting too gimmicky. Like with Team Hell No, a couple of years back with Brian and Kane, I always worried about that getting too gimmicky and maybe going to the point of no return. I think New Day there was a point where they could have reached that status. But I think the difference is that no one's expecting Tyler Breeze or Fandango to reach any kind of summit. Whereas you had Daniel Bryan and New Day who still could make a run at like yeah. main event scene. I, I I think that this is where they need to be. This is where we. I think I, I I personally want them to be. These are the kind of things that got over back in the day, and they will continue to get over today. And it's it's what they're good at. I think I'd like to see Tyler Breeze maybe break out eventually. Um, it's fun. I I, 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 I they make me laugh. I I love Fandango's kind of serious voice. Um, <laughs> I love the yeah. fact that a lot he said, a lot that he says is so understated as well. So understated. I didn't say that. Yeah, it, it's just it. Yeah, I again I agree. What I think is taking it too far was at Money in the Bank when they had that title match, and Tyler Breeze comes out as the cleaner and the grandma. It's like these are your tag titles. Come yeah. on. You know, that's where it's taking it too far. They haven't done so yet, I don't think, in the Fashion Files. Um, apparently, Vince wants to star on an episode. Oh, my God. Please, 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 yes. I would absolutely love that. I would yeah. absolutely love... I'd just love Fandango. Not even Tyler Breeze. Just have Tyler Breeze on screen but not say anything. Just have Fandango have a conversation with Vince about his style. I would absolutely... That would be my... Put that as the main event of Mania, and more people will watch than Brock Roman. I guarantee it. And um, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. Oh, do I want to mention the women of SmackDown? Do uh, I want to women? Do I want to mention it? Uh, let's do it quickly because I feel like we have to mention it, even though it's another negative. And I feel like I've been overly negative in this podcast, and I feel like collectively, me and you have kind of bounced off each other and been a bit negative towards the promotion. I think justly, personally, you know, if I'm a consumer and if I'm a fan, I want, you know, bang for my buck, effectively. Um, yeah. But what is happening with the women on SmackDown? I mean, you've got Carmella, who's leading around James Ellsworth, who is now a gimp. Is that his gimmick? I'm, I'm not entirely so. sure. Yep. Um, you know... When is she going to cash it in now? Because it's starting to lose a bit of relevance. Um, and then the rest of the division are just put in six-woman tag after normal tag after six-woman tag. after. I genuinely expect Survivor Series there will be a six-woman tag match and it will be Naomi, Becky and Charlotte versus Natalia, Tamina and Lana. 
And with the greatest will in the world, I do not class Lana as a wrestler. She is a fantastic manager, and that time when Rusev was going through the monster phase in his United States title run, I thought Lana was fantastic. I thought she was the perfect person to bounce Rusev off. Now, I could not care less if she wasn't on telly. Yeah, completely agreed. And I think that there's just, there are there are definitely issues. I think Carmella and Ellsworth, they were fun. They, they are still fun to an extent, but like you said, like the Money in the Bank briefcase is a bit lacklustre for me. I feel like the they they job her entrance Naomi this week. Like, yes, I noticed that. How? Why? Like she's got like that. <laughs> her, entrance, her entrance is one of the best things about her. Why have you done that? Like I don't. But I think that there's um, there's room for improvement as as always. But Natalia's title reign has been non like in my mind. I, I just don't really care. I I, I know she, she deserves it in terms of what she's done and everything she's had to put up with and things like that. But I I think it's time is coming for charlotte to just reign supreme i think well let why not let's just let's just have charlotte on one end as the champion of smackdown Asuka on the other end as the champion of raw have them lead their divisions maybe a, a, a title change here and there i think if you build from those two women on each brand you've got money and then eventually i'm not saying a unification bout necessarily but if we're talking world type world champion against world champion i would 100 times out of 100 rather see Charlotte Flair against Asuka than Brock um, Brock Lesnar against Jinder Hall. You have literally taken the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say that is a champion versus champion match I would pay good money to see because those two would put money. They would, they would, you might as well just print money with those two. And I think you're absolutely right. When you've only got six members of the roster, seven if you count Carmella, um, who's apparently just not wrestling now. Um yes. You know, there's not enough there to sustain a decent women's division. So either you unify it or you bring in more women. Obviously, they've had the Mayon Classic, so there should, in theory, be an influx of women. Carrie Sane's debuted in NXT and looks a million dollars. Um, you've got Paige to come back as well. Um, I think she's been cleared now, or is she in the process of being cleared? I think. Young that, bird, yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one. That really is a weird one. Um, but I love Paige, so um, you know I can't wait to see her back. I don't know where they're going to put her. Whether they'll put her on Raw or SmackDown, I don't know. But something well, needs to change. I think she was drafted to Raw, but I think that SmackDown could certainly benefit, arguably, more from that. Yeah, I agree. Um, there was a lovely mock-up photo um, that someone had done for a a woman's stable called She Wolf. Have you seen it? No. Um, it's a stable including Paige, Nikki Cross and Ruby Riot that are similar to The Shield. But I was looking at it and the more I've looked at it, the more I've thought, that is brilliant. I would love to see that. Yeah. I mean, I'd hate to take Nikki Cross away from Sanity. But, um, you know, I think that would be amazing. What a way to debut Paige, you know, re-debut Paige and then bring Nikki Cross up. But again, you don't want to take her away from Sanity because she's doing such amazing work with Sanity. Yeah. Uh, it's a good idea. I think that Paige needs... She needs to kind of just thrust herself back into it now. There can be no lulling around. She can't do really long promos. Go in, have a bit like a silent assassin. Don't give the fans a chance to be idiots. Just kind of... Yeah. Uh, you know, just like give her time to grow naturally back into what she can be and just forget about it. I mean, they did it with Charlotte, like after everything that happened with her recently. Yeah. Like, 
all you need to do is just put it, sweep it under the rug. Nope, didn't happen. Let's move on. Yeah, and let's face it, you know, just before Paige left, you know, Paige has always been over. Everybody loves Paige. You know, I love Paige. I think she's brilliant. You know, she'll be over. Just, you know, ride that initial wave because you will get idiots in the crowd who quotes, you know, you know, everything that's gone on in the last couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks, sorry. Last couple of months with her. So you'll get those people. But just ride that out and get Paige over and just do something with the women's division or SmackDown, basically. Because if I see another six-woman tag and it be the same goddamn teams, I'm going to scream. Because poor Becky Lynch, who is an absolutely phenomenal competitor, is just playing second fiddle to Charlotte, who is in turn playing second fiddle to nothing. Because, as you said, Natalia's title reign, you know, thank you, Natalia, for your services. You know, you were part of the women's division when the women's division was at its absolute worst and you were one of its bright lights, but you're bringing nothing to the title. Nothing at all. And, like you say, I agree, the sooner you put it on Charlotte and you've got Charlotte heading SmackDown and Asuka heading Raw, the better for everyone, I think. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Right. I feel like we should move on to news, but good grief, I feel like we've already broken some news. Um, And all this news is fairly insignificant, to be perfectly honest. Well, I'm looking down. I think we've we've covered three or four, three out of four, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, What I've just got, you mentioned about, obviously, on the Voices of Wrestling podcast, uh, Cody was talking about how a load of superstars had asked him um, about ways to exit the WWE. I want your opinion. What three wrestlers do you think could have contacted Cody? For me, the brand can be Raw or SmackDown. I've got my three, who I think it could be. Who do you think? Okay. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. I think Dolph, I think Dolph, Dolph certainly would have contacted him. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think now. Like a, off the top of my head. Maybe mm, not, not Gold Dust. I don't, I don't think he's... But then again, that is his brother. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. Hang on. Give me. I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get a list of WWE personnel. That's a good shout. That's really a good shout. Well, what uh, I'll do is I'll say mine, and then I'll give you some time just to have a look down the roster. I thought Dolph Ziggler definitely. Um, I I haven't seen him happy in a wrestling ring since his feud with the Miz, like we yeah. brought up earlier. The sooner he's out doing his stand-up comedy the better for everyone, I think. Um, I thought about Goldust, but Goldust has never really been higher on the card than he is now, to be perfectly honest. You know, I think he's happy in the lower mid card. You know, he's off TV a bit more than he is usually, but then again, he is, you know, he is getting on. You know, there's got to be a point when you say, we need to push younger talent. You know, R-Truth hasn't been on telly since, well, he got jobbed out to Elias once. You know, so there's got to be a point where you say we are going to push younger talent, and I'm sure Goldust. You know, he's been going for God knows how long. Um, I'm sure he'd appreciate that. I genuinely think Bray and Bo. Oh, I think if you look at Bo Dallas when he was in NXT, you know, he was the NXT champion as it really began to take off when you've got that much lauded golden age of NXT. Um. And as he's got to the main roster, you look at what the WWE have made that man do. You know, when he debuted at the Royal Rumble 
and he was in there for a good 20 minutes I think you know he was you know people people were popping for him and Bo just hasn't been relevant since he's been on the main roster in my opinion and that can't be good for someone who is as good in the ring as he is he's not phenomenal but he'd be a mid-carder you know an upper mid-carder in you know New Japan Ring of Honor you know, and he could build his brand there. But WWE are doing nothing with him. And then you look at Bray, you know, yes, he's not the most athletic, but he's hard-hitting. He's got a gimmick that should be good. It isn't at the moment, but it should be. This man was WWE champion eight months ago. And do you look at the just the fall from grace that he's had? That's got to hurt. It really has. So, those are my three that I think have contacted Cody. I can't imagine a conversation between Bray Wyatt and Cody Rhodes, to be perfectly honest. But it will be an odd one, yeah. Yeah, be quite nice. Um, those are the three. Can you think of any? You said Ziggler, obviously. Can you think of yeah. any others? Um, potentially controversially, I'm gonna say Cesaro, even though I know he's doing really well with Seamus. I just uh, him as a heel doesn't feel as natural to me. I don't know why. I just feel like I, 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 the the work they're doing is great, but again, I I don't know how I don't know I don't know how far they can go because I feel like they're both they were both born to be single stars instead of tag team stars, and I think Cesaro is someone who has brought up disgruntled feelings in the past, and I feel like that's someone who Cody would have been friends with, and I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Rusev. Yeah, I think Rusev's a great shout. I'd forgotten about Rusev. Um, again, he's got so much potential, you know, as a face or a heel. He's got fantastic comedic timing, um, and he's also an absolute beast. So, I think to be, you know, going back to Cesaro, to be a great heel, you have to have good mic skills, in my opinion, to be an effective heel. Even Braun, who I don't think is a heel, I think he's more of a tweener. Um, even he has had to improve on the mic to have that impact, and I just I don't think Cesaro has ever really been great on the mic. You know, even when he was with Paul Heyman, I just I don't think he was ever good on the mic. Um, whether he would have, whether he would want to leave WWE, you know, he is, you know, he's a tag, you know, former tag team champion. It depends if he wants more. I suppose, and I suppose that rings true for any kind of, you know, any of the superstars on the roster at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think, I think both of those, both of those three are uh, a good shout. To be perfectly honest, I'm sure that we will see more, kind of uh, more news, especially as we've had news tonight that Kevin Owens is uh, is returning home for personal reasons. Something's going on at WWE, I think, and whether it's creative or. I don't yeah. know. Business is about to pick up in the words of Jim Ross. Say again, sorry? Business is about to pick up in yes. the words of Jim Ross. Absolutely. Could not have put it better myself. Right, last two points. Did you see that, I think it was last night this broke, that the NXT Championship is going to be on the line the night before War Games at a live event? Did you see yeah. this? And I think... 
is Shawn Michaels going to be, in his own personal words, the special referee? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. The special referee yeah. in uh, in this scenario is going to be Shawn Michaels in his hometown of San Antonio. Adam Cole of the Undisputed Era is going to challenge the current NXT champion, Drew McIntyre. I mean, I imagine that this is not going to be on the network. It is a live show, after all. I would love to see Adam Cole versus Drew McIntyre. Would really, really enjoy it. It's not going to be at War Games because the rumoured teams at War Games, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, are Sanity, Undisputed Era, and then the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong. So odd. So random. So odd. So random. How on earth do you get Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong on the same team? Surely... Mm. Surely, with his Ring of Honor connections, Roderick Strong joins the Undisputed Era. Surely, that makes more storyline sense. Yeah, I mean that. I I don't know. I don't really get it anymore. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to War Games. But like you said, Adam Cole potentially winning the NXT Championship. I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of you know. I'm I'm a fan of that match. I hope they don't do a Samoa Joe. Finn Balor and switch the title on a house show. I feel like they've done it once, but I don't feel like they could benefit from doing it again. Will be good for the people in San Antonio. I feel like an extended feud, maybe heading into um, maybe heading into January and beyond. Like maybe this is all a big plan for NXT. We end up going all the way through to WrestleMania and we get Roddy Strong against Adam Cole, maybe for the that title. Would be, that would be an absolutely outstanding match. Yeah. Because what Roderick Strong, yeah, sorry, Roderick Strong. Lacks on the microphone, he makes up for in the ring. Absolutely. And Adam Cole, for me, it's too early to have Adam Cole challenging for the NXT Championship. I mean, he debuted at NXT Brooklyn 3, so just before SummerSlam. And it's October, and he's already challenging. Sorry, it's going to be November, and he's going to be challenging for the Championship. I, I feel there would have been more benefit in having the Undisputed Era kind of go a bit longer, wreak a bit more havoc in NXT then have him challenge for it in I assume is the Royal Rumble at Philadelphia in Philadelphia yeah. this time so it'll so. be NXT TakeOver Philadelphia I'd have him challenge for it there I, I agree but they've done this before I think Owens won the title from Zayn after about god three months was it 60 something days I think his title that, that, well yeah and like he yeah so yeah and he debuted the, the night that he attacked him didn't he so yeah that is true I'm not a fan of it. Like I wouldn't agree with it, but I, I, I think that Triple H, especially when he sees someone like Adam Cole, who apparently it's, it's like I never used to like Adam Cole. I'm starting to get there. I think being the elite helped. Um, I think that he's someone who, when he goes to a company, the appeal of he's just one of those people who just seems to magnetise towards world championship reigns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is about as charismatic as they come. You know, he's good in the ring, you know, he looks like a million bucks wherever he goes, and yeah, he'd certainly carry the NXT Championship forward. If Drew loses it, I hope, beyond hope, that they don't put him on the main roster. Yeah. I really, really hope they don't, because in my opinion, Authors of Pain need to go up before Drew McIntyre does. Yeah. Because, but the Authors of Pain obviously can't go up until they've steadied the tag division on NXT, which I don't think that they've done yet. 
Um, you've got people like uh, I don't. Know if, uh, do you watch NXT? I'm sorry, this is really patronising when I ask these questions. I know, it's fine. <laughs> I know. I, I I am guilty of going to hibernation around this time of year when it comes to wrestling. But uh, no, yeah, I, I I kind of tend to catch NXT from time to time. Is my uh, is my kind of indie answer to that? Yeah, I mean, I I do love NXT. I do watch quite a lot of it, and looking at serious tag teams to hold the titles, there is Authors of Pain, and that is it. I'm not a fan of Heavy Machinery, like, at all. They're very 1990s WCW. We're mm. called Heavy Machinery because we're big and bulky. Mm. They, they, I, I'm just not, I'm not invested. I think that Street Profits look brilliant. Yeah, fans of them. I, 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 fan, yeah. I've seen them on the uh, on the live shows and stuff. I'm a fan of them. Yeah, I mean Montez Ford is brilliant, absolutely amazing. Um, but I, d- I don't see them being tag champions for a while. You know, I don't see them realistically. You know, you don't see them realistically going into the ring and beating Sanity. No. You don't see them beating you know Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. No. But you know, I feel like they need to stabilise that. I think they need to bring in a couple more tag teams. There's rumours of War Machine coming over into NXT. That would be amazing. Big fan of War Machine. Oh, fantastic. And obviously they've lost the titles uh, in New Japan to Killer Elite Squad. So they, you know, it looked from what... I haven't watched King of Pro Wrestling, but I've read the reviews and it did look like um, War Machine was saying goodbye. So there are rumours that they are going to be turning up in NXT I think around January time. So that could be good. Oh. And then finally, my my favourite piece of news from this week, obviously until tonight, uh, Ryback. Oh, Ryback. The man who thinks he's missed by the masses and is in fact missed by no one. Um, he's His podcast, is it something called Chat with the Big Guy, I think, or something like that? Stations with Big... I don't know. I don't... I hate him. I absolutely hate the man. I think he is a ridiculous superstar who had no substance whatsoever he was a big man and his chant was more over than he was Um, but he has a podcast anyway and he is currently co-hosting it with a porn star called Phoenix Marie oh good oh lovely yeah absolutely and she said that she didn't want to date anyone Uh, I'm reading from a quote here that what that only knew her for her porn work uh, because that could get quite crazy you know fair enough Ryback then said, yes, I feel the same way about women wrestling fans, you know, because of, you know, mental issues. (laughs) To which Phoenix Marie took offence. Obviously, she said, I've watched wrestling. So, lovely Ryback, uh, who, you know, everyone wants back in the WWE, is tarring all women who watch wrestling with a brush saying they have mental issues. I'm... So, what do you say to that? What do you say to this man? I, I say, what are you doing? Why, like, why do you feel the need to blow up every single bridge imaginable? And are you, are you sane? Do you need medical attention? <laughs> do you like me to send you a letter to uh, so you can apply to go into a mental institution, Ryback? I mean, he was someone who had potential. He was someone who like you said his champ was bigger than he was he's someone who had a few things not go his way so he threw a hissy fit and left he is someone who 
I believe everything that CM Punk said about him on the Colt Cabana podcast. Absolutely. Uh, and I, yeah, I think that he's, he's, he's a bit of a waste of space in terms of the wrestling world right now. It seems like he has some quite outdated views. It seems like he needs to kind of take a look at himself and kind of, because it's a bit sad, really, and I think he needs to evaluate things because all he's doing now is just ruining his reputation even further. If people want to remember him for his time in WWE that was good, that's fine. Um, but this is just making making that harder and harder and this is making that even more detrimental. And I think that women's wrestling has come on leaps and bounds. Women naturally will want to watch wrestling and that's the whole point. You know, we want to get women more... We want to have women as invested in this as they are in like MMA and things like that because in MMA, you don't see it as a women's fight and a men's fight. You see it as they're equals. And that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're gunning for. And having guys who have fought for the world title before saying things like women who watch wrestling have mental issues is the exact reason why we've had to why sit... nobody through. misses him. Yeah, like, and we've had to sit through like bra and panties matches and, and crap like that. And when you literally... I know, obviously, that's an appeal for some, but we want wrestling. We want wrestling. We want women's wrestling. And he needs to just go and sit in a corner somewhere. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I was just trying to look for... He has been announced for a match for a promotion, but unfortunately I can't find the promotion or the poster. Clearly, even the promotion who are hiring him don't really care about him that much. Um, <laughs> about you wanting, him, you know, wanting him to take a good look at himself. I think the problem is he spends a lot of time looking at himself and thinking that he is you know, the messiah of wrestling, which... For anyone who's ever watched any of his matches, uh, he is not. So finally, Harry, um, I was going to say, let's have a look at our TLC predictions before we make them official on the WWE Prediction League. But I feel like this has been completely thrown out of the window with <laughs> the revelations of tonight. So what we can do is we can have a look at the card and sort of try and kind of guess who's going to win the matches that we definitely know are happening. Right. Um, so, I've got the match card up here. So, we'll start with the pre-show. Uh, Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox. Who are you going for? Sasha. It's going to be Sasha. Surely it's Sasha. I can't, like, Alicia Fox apparently is underrated. I don't think that just because you're at a company for 10 years, that means you're underrated. It just means that you go from being bad to slightly less bad. Unfortunately, that's the attitude that has seen Natalia get the SmackDown Women's Championship. So, I am with you. Um, I'm yeah, Sasha. It has to be Sasha. I'd be mortified if it wasn't Sasha. So we're in agreement there. Alexa Bliss versus Mickey James in a singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Who do you have and why? You know, part of me wants to pick Mickey just because it seems like something they do. Uh, they've, they've done it before with Alexa, kind of switching titles back and forth. But I feel like they want. I feel like they want a heel to be the champion when Asuka comes a knock in because she's yeah. going to be a sleepy face, I feel like. So I'm going with Alexis to retain. I think she's getting better with each passing day. And yeah, I think uh, Alexa. I agree wholeheartedly for the exact same reasons. Um, I think that Nia Jax is extremely unfortunate not to be in the title picture as she was kind of boosted towards the title and then kind of nothing happened. So I can kind of see why she, you know, there are rumours that she's walked out. Um, but I think Bliss to retain as well. Uh, we'll ignore the the Shield match for now. Um, and the 
and the Balor match. So let's go for Asuka and Emma. Who do you have and why is it Asuka? <laughs> oh, it, I I think it's going to be. I, it shouldn't be any more than five minutes. I think that they, they've had problems re- recently when it comes to like debuting people, yeah. and they want it to be. They, they they want to drag it out. They want to make like extend it and things like that. Um, when in reality, we kind of I think uh, these squash matches or these enhancement matches, if so so to call it, need to just be quick. And yeah, Asuka again, very simple. Ask her to win. It's it's got to be Ask her, hasn't it? I mean, Emma. We talked about her earlier in the show when we spoke about how you know she started the women's revolution. Well, Ask her is the women's revolution, so it would be extremely pointless and extremely damaging to the WWE product for Emma to beat Asuka, the woman who is undefeated in five hundred and something days. Uh, to then lose that streak to Emma of all people would be criminal, in my opinion. Uh, we then move on to what I feel is going to be match of the night. Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan versus the Brian Kendrick and Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Who have you got? The baby faces. I think this is one of those cruiserweight matches where they just kind of hand the win to the baby faces. I think there's more to be done with Rich Swan and Alexander. Uh, Brian, the Brian Kendrick has kind of been relegated at this point to someone who is more of an enhancement guy, I guess. Like, yeah. It's, uh, and I think that Gallagher obviously will suffer a little bit by default with that. I think it's going to be a fun match. I think there's going to be some interesting little antics, interesting little kind of subplots. But Alexander and Swan, uh, Alexander to get the win on Kendrick, I think. Okay. I'm going to go first in the next one. Otherwise, people will just think I'm copying your predictions. Ah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for the baby face as well with the, um, the stipulation that Alexander pins Gallagher. That is the Oops. only difference I would have um, to be perfectly honest I can't see much storyline progression from this story like I say Brian Kendrick they're more interested in him training up other stars um, you know I be- there are rumours going around that Sh- uh, Shana Baszler Shana oh, I can never say her name Shana Baszler uh, the MMA star has signed for the WWE and she is currently training with Brian Kendrick so I'm I'm, I'm with you I think Serge Alexander yeah. will take the pin over Jack Gallagher Right. Cruiserweight Championship between Kalisto and Enzo Amore. Singles match for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Um, I am going to go for... Ah, This is the one I changed on about four times. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I am going to go for Kalisto to retain. No, I'm not. I'm going to go for Enzo. No, I'm not. I've changed my mind. I'm going for Enzo. On the record, on this podcast, I'm going for Enzo Amore. Um, because Kalisto brings nothing to the belt whatsoever. Enzo Amore was almost single-handedly responsible for the ratings increasing on 205 Live. Um, he is very, very good on the mic. Yes, he's terrible um, in the ring. Well, comparatively to most of the cruiserweights. They would not have debuted Kalisto being beaten down by the heels if they were not going to make an appearance at TLC. Yeah. So, with interference from Enzo's click, um, I think Enzo to to get the new... to become the new Cruiserweight Championship, despite Kalisto thinking that he's going to be the new Cruiserweight Champion. Who have you got and why? I wish I cared. Uh, I I wish I... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's the main thing. No one really cares. 
no, I, I think Enzo gets it back. I agree. I think Enzo is there's going to be more money and people chasing him, even though he's already lost the title. Very silly. Um, I think that Kalisto, there are things that can be done with him, but outside of maybe a heel turn or outside of this or that, I really don't know what that is. But I'll, 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 uh, with very poor judgment, put my trust in WWE in this instance. And um, I'm going to go with Enzo to win. And I, I don't think this is going to be spectacular. No, no. In my in my opinion, they need to do what's best for business. And best for business and best for the Cruiserweight division, especially with the absence of Neville, it needs to be Enzo becoming the new champion. Um, right, shall we have a go at the new two matches on the TLC cards that have been drastically rearranged tonight? Uh, we'll start with... Um, that's a question, actually, just before we get into this. Is Finn Balor still going to be Demon Balor? I know it's not really an accurate way of being able to tell, but Wikipedia has him listed as the demon, Finn yeah. Balor against Stage of Stars. See, at the moment, I'm on Wikipedia. It still says versus Sister Abigail. So oh, Give it a refresh. <laughs> give it a refresh. I shall refresh it. Right, let's try that again. Um, I'm just disappointed we're not going to see Bray Wyatt in a dress, to be perfectly honest. One uh, day. One day, I'm sure. One day it will happen. Hopefully in a different promotion, far, far away from my TV screen. Yeah. Um, and matches. There we go. It has now been, yeah, the Demon Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. Um, I'm going for Finn Balor. Um, I think AJ gets nothing from winning this match. He's been inserted at the last possible moment into this match. They're not even on the same brand. Um, AJ's going to enter into a feud with Jinder for the title. So I think it will be Finn to win. Finn to win. Hashtag Finn to win. Hashtag Finn to win. Get it trending, people. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that this is, it's based on the raw brand. So by default, I think that Finn is going to get the most out of it. I wouldn't put a screwy finish out of the realms of possibility. No. Uh, I think it would be. I know it's only been made tonight. It would be beyond stupid if they didn't at least hint at the idea of the club doing something. Because what else are they doing? Um, uh, there's so much backstory there. Maybe. Maybe they just use this to put like a, a a really short notice heel turn for Finn. I doubt that, but it is babyface versus babyface. We rarely see it. I'm gonna go with Finn to win. Hashtag Finn to win. <laughs> um, and yeah, AJ goes crawling back. But I, I do think maybe a screwy finish or potentially a backup option uh, to try and cover my own ass will be a double count out or double pin. Right. Okay. I like I say, you know. This would be criminal to let AJ win this when Finn is supposed to be being fed to Brock come January. I think to give him that um, that credibility he needs to face Brock at the Rumble, he needs to beat Styles here. And it needs to be a fantastic match. Because if it's not a fantastic match, the WWE have got a lot to answer for because these two men are fantastic in-ring. Um, and so <laughs> we get to... The much talked about for two reasons uh, main event the five on three handicap tables ladders and chairs match between Kurt Angle oh the new leader of the shield <laughs> Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins versus the Miz Cesaro Sheamus Braun Strowman and Dad Kane bizarre Kane at the moment in this match looks like bringing his kids 
to a play date with people that they don't actually like. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. which is not is not a great look for him. There's a wonderful picture that's on the internet if you Google it. Um a picture of him and the Undertaker. And they both look so horrendously out of shape in oh, ring. Oh, it's awful. A bit bigger. Yeah, oh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, I'm not in great shape, but uh, Kane was uh, packing a lot of heat back there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go... We've got all the same predictions so far. Um, I think we might differ on this one. Simply for nostalgia. I know Roman Reigns has been pulled from the card. But I'm still going to go Kurt Angle, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And I have one word to summarise why I have gone with this, and that is nostalgia. Mm. Harry, you may take the floor. I see now, I, I feel like I feel like it should be now. I feel like it almost should be Miss Cesaro, Sheamus, Strowman, Kane. I feel like that would make more sense given that Roman's out now. I feel like there, there's a story to be played into that uh, Dean and Ambrose have kind of... Dean and Ambrose? Dean and Seth <laughs> have, lost their, um, have lost a bit of their mojo because Roman's gone at such short notice. But all that being said, like you said, it, it's Kurt Angle's return. I don't know that they're going to they're gonna pull the trigger on, on actually having some cojones and, and not wanting to send the crowd home happy and things like that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to... For the sake of the podcast, I'm gonna say Angle, Ambrose, and Rollins, but I, yeah, I'm gonna go with the makeshift shield. And uh, now, <coughs> terrible name. I think that I'm good, but do not be surprised if I change that come Sunday. But if we I do, will call you out on yeah, Facebook if, if you've changed your prediction. Oh. What, what I'll do is I'll send it to Rob on Facebook before <laughs> the match happens so that I am out of the woods. Okay. I'm going to say Kurt Angle is going to make the Miz tap. Oh, God. I hope so. I would love that simply because I think that is storyline-wise, like, no one else, like, no one gets anything from pinning Braun, and Braun certainly gets nothing from being pinned. Um, Cesaro and Sheamus... Without it being a tag title match, they don't really get anything out of it. So, and Kane, Lord knows why Kane, why Kane's back, but I love him anyway. So I think get Kurt's tap uh, to get the Miz tapping, and then Jason Jordan will somehow be involved in the weeks to come. Yep. Um, I think this card. Last thought from me on the card, it really, really suffers with two of the championships being tied up in the main event. Yeah. With the I, tag titles and the Intercontinental Championship being tied up in that main event, it really struggles. There's absolutely no way that at WrestleMania, Neville and Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight Championship is on the pre-show, yet Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan versus Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher is the main card. And I guarantee that will not open the match. That will not open the night. I can almost guarantee that. It's a slap in the face in, in a lot of ways. This card can be seen as a slap in the face, but maybe, you know, I get, they're stringing together what they can. They're, they're going to need a lot of duct tape to hold this one together. Uh, they are. Come, come when it actually happens. I I dare say I'm slightly more invested now because of uh, the breaking news tonight. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I still can't believe that happened. On I can't. That's amazing, isn't it? I know. And um, yeah, I'm slightly more invested, so I'm going to up, like, in terms of out of 10, how interested I am, I'll give it a 7. Um, that may change as we approach Sunday night. But yeah, looking forward to it. Nervous, nervously, nervously, kind of hopeful now. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm going to give it a 6, and I'm giving it a 6 solely on the main event and Asuka. That, those are the two matches I'm actually bothered about um, and this is coming from like Bray Wyatt's biggest fan and I just was not bothered about that match but anyway I think that's all we've got time for here on this podcast so thank you very much uh, to you Harry thank you for joining us tonight can people find you on Twitter anywhere? They can indeed at HJ Kettle. lots of lovely wrestling hot takes and a couple interviews with the likes of Austin Aries Diamond Dallas Page all that kind of fun stuff I have checked out the Austin Aries interview. It is brilliant. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to check out our Twitter page at WAM Podcast UK. Look for us on Facebook, Wrestling and More Blog. You can download the podcasts on iTunes. Don't forget to check out the website as well, www.wrestlingandmoreblog.weebly.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Harry, once again. Really appreciated you being on. Really enjoyed the podcast tonight. Thank you so much for coming on. That's right, man. Lots of fun. Do it again sometime. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and I will talk to you guys again soon.